Welcome back to the Katie Flea Show. I am so pumped up about my guest, Sarah, today. So Sarah actually is all the way from Arizona, and uh, she's a client of mine, and I've grown to just freaking love her. But she's also like borderline genius. And so... (laughs) I love following her on Sophia, but she also has a lot of really good stuff to share with us today. So really quick, before we dive in, Sarah, just kind of introduce yourself and let us know. Tell us a little bit about you and what you do. Sure. So my name is Sarah Hainsworth. I've been a nurse for almost 10 years. The primary area that I've worked with is like public health, community health, meeting mothers and babies where they're at in their homes, supporting breastfeeding journeys, health journeys, managing stress, linking to community and health resources. So that's where the bulk of my nursing experience comes from is just working like one-to-one with families without the stress of the hospital, without the stress of a clinic or anything like that, just meeting them where they're at and getting them the resources that they need. So that's just translated now into a growing community on Instagram. Once I started having kids, I started realizing that it was a little bit unsustainable for me to keep going at the pace I was going as a nurse. And you know, that draw to be home more often with my kids was really calling me and my husband was totally on board. So I ended up taking a couple courses that allowed me to basically start running like functional labs on clients. And so primarily the women I work with are moms or trying to conceive, trying to kind of rework their hormone health, looking at weight loss, kind of the like, I've done everything. I go to the doctor, all my labs are fine, but I know something is wrong. So we're able to dig a little bit deeper. I do intakes, I do functional lab testing, and we kind of get to the bottom of what are those things that are causing them symptoms and oftentimes it's unmanaged stress in their life or it's unknown toxins or toxic exposures often it's just like overworking (laughs) themselves you know trying to do too much or too much input you know there's always gut health components hormone components but we're able to kind of flesh that out and that totally speaks to so much of my history as a nurse is just you know meeting the client where they're at taking out the stress of a doctor's appointment or medication, prescriptions, things like that, we're able to kind of flesh out and get deeper into why are you feeling like this? What's actually going on in your body and how do we fix it? And so I worked with over 200 women now in the last two years to improve mineral balance, hormone health, gut health, mental health. And then subsequently, it almost always results in weight loss or at least more manageable weight techniques, more tolerance for exercise, where there may not have been that prior, better sleep, so many things. So that's the bulk of what I do right now on top of then also managing big Instagram community and which is how I found you. And now I started my own weight loss journey with you. So prior to working with you, I had already lost about 25, maybe 30 pounds on my own. And then I just totally stalled out and was like, okay, no, now I need help. So I'm so happy I work with you now because I'm getting the help that I need. And then that allows me to then continue helping other women. Like coaches need coaches, right? I say that all the time. Like, (laughs) I love love it. You probably already see why I love Sarah so much. She's just full of knowledge. And today we're actually going to talk specifically about stress. So talk to us about stress, Sarah. And can that actually be the thing that's contributing to weight gain? Oh, yeah. So everyone talks about stress, right? And stress and your stress. Stress is anything that your body perceives as stressful to it. So even in the grand scheme of things, if you're 
experiencing something and someone goes, Oh, I go through that all the time. It doesn't stress me out. It doesn't matter if it stresses you out. If your, if your body, if you're down to the fundamental, your cells perceive this experience or this exposure or the air quality or the phone call you just got as stress, your body is going to handle it as stress. And when we talk about stress, what we really mean is that fight, flight, or even sometimes freeze where your body goes, I don't know what to do. It activates that sympathetic nervous system and you end up in this, okay, I got to manage this stressor. That stressed me out. You feel the heart rate go up. But what ends up happening is to manage that stress, your adrenal glands, they kick into action. Your adrenal glands are part of your endocrine system. That's your hormone system in your body. Your adrenal glands are two little triangles that sit right on top of your kidneys. And these little tiny organs are what help manage stress throughout your whole body. So when we're stressed out, your body releases essentially a steroid hormone called cortisol. And that is to activate that fight or flight system. It's to start a cascade of other hormonal interactions in your body that go, okay, we're stressed. So we have to do X, Y, and Z to manage the stress because we want to get back to balance or homeostasis as quickly as humanly possible. So how do we do that? We got to manage the stress. So your body has to do these things to get there. And cortisol is kind of the precursor that strikes up that chain of events. The problem is cortisol is not a bad hormone and it gets a bad rap. But if you are legitimately in a stressful situation, this is a good cascade of hormones to happen. This is a good cascade. This is a life-saving mechanism in your body. The problem is when we're like this all the time. The problem is when we are in fight or flight all the time, when our nervous system never gets a chance to settle down and when our bloodstream is constantly flooded with cortisol. Your cortisol naturally rises in the morning and that's to support waking up. It follows what we would call like a circadian rhythm. So it's awake in the morning and it's asleep at night and that's to help you start dwindling down and winding down and sleep at night and then it spikes again the next morning to support that wake up, let's get ready. So your cortisol kind of goes like this throughout the day, you know, it just spikes in the morning and then it just kind of tapers off through the afternoon and the evening but for some people it never tapers off or it's way too high in the morning or you've been stressed your entire life and now it's just completely bottomed out your body doesn't even know to put it out anymore because your body's like I can't even deal with this anymore and all of that contributes over time to weight gain because of the hormonal cascade that happens so it's so, not go ahead all is bad it's no. just when it spikes and then it stays up, the constant mm-hmm. that it's staying up all the time, or yes. let's just like totally not right. because you've been stressed your entire life. <laughs> exactly, it's such a necessary hormone. Obviously, like I said, it's it's completely life saving. It's just we are inundated all the time with television and news and traffic and I have to get to work and my alarm clock and my kids and my this and my that and all of those things, even though we perceive those as normal daily activities, your body could be perceiving it as something completely different. And so, like I said, cortisol regulates your body's stress response. What that means is that it's also helping control your body's use of fat and carbohydrates. So when the body is experiencing that cortisol surge, Your body's looking for quick energy. Carbs are the quickest energy that your body can use. Your liver loves to utilize carbs for energy. So what happens is those carbohydrate cravings go up. And what do we start craving? We crave those simple carbs, simple sugars. And then we're craving fat, right? We want that satiety. Okay, we need something to prolong this response. And so cortisol is controlling the metabolism of your fat 
and your carbohydrates. So if cortisol is constantly being flooded into your system, your body is going to constantly crave those fats and those quick carbs to maintain that stress response that you are putting on your body. It helps suppress inflammation, which is a good thing in the short term. Long term, it's not a great thing. Helps regulate blood pressure. But the other thing that it really helps to do is regulate blood sugar. So when cortisol is flooding your bloodstream, your body is going, we need more carbs. We need more sugar because ultimately we need more energy to manage the stress that we're under. And because of that, it's going to shunt basically blood sugar right to your blood. It's shunting that glucose to your blood to give you energy. When you come out of that and you haven't used up that sugar, that glucose, your cells become more insulin resistant. Insulin resistance is the precursor to type 2 diabetes, but also your body now has this overabundance of fat and carbs that it doesn't know what to do with because you're not utilizing them anymore. So what does it do? It stores it as fat. And this is where we see that very classic cortisol belly where women say, I can't lose any weight from my belly. Or you see like, you know, stick legs or really muscular legs and that like kind of bigger upper body belly arms. A lot of these women are very stressed out dealing with constant cortisol surges, not able to manage them properly. As a result, are either gaining weight or having difficulty losing weight because their body's like, I'm in fight or flight. I'm not thinking about anything else right now. Don't even ask me to lose weight because I can't even like get through the day without being stressed. Like don't put more on my plate than I can handle. Your body's sending you that signal and yet we try to power through it and it just perpetuates the cycle. And unfortunately it makes it worse. What would you say? Because I hear this all the time. I'm sure you do too. Women are like, oh, but I'm really not that stressed. You know, like I've got a good job, like, but yet they are. So can you give some examples on like what other areas of stress, even though they don't think that they're stressed, can you give us some more mm-hmm. what that could actually look like? Sure. So when we're talking about stress, like I said, it's anything that per- your body perceives as stress. So this could be environmental toxins. It could be the products that you use on on your, your personal care products. Your body is absorbing these hormone mimicking chemical structures from your makeup and your perfume and things like that. That's stressful to your body. Those are toxins that your body should be able to handle and excrete. And unfortunately, when we're stuck in that cycle, your body does not have the energy to detox properly to get rid of that stuff properly. It could be an argument with your spouse, financial stress, like, okay, yes, I have a good job, but I've been asking my husband, like, we got to sit down and budget and he just won't move, you know? So I'm managing the house by myself. I'm the primary parent taking the kids to activities, doing this. So it's those things that feel like every day, this is just part of my responsibility. It just becomes so ingrained in us, but it's still that like, okay, come on, get your shoes on. Come on. You didn't wake up on time. Come on. We got to rush and eat breakfast and go do this. All of those things. So much of our just kind of like modern life and modern flow is stressful to our body. Even that initial, when your phone alarm goes off in the morning, that's telling your body like, hello, get up. And that forces that rush of stress hormone to your body to go, okay, get up, get out of bed. Things like blue light at night, artificial light at night, you know, sitting on your phone, sitting on your computer, sitting in front of the TV, your body follows a circadian rhythm. That means it wants to follow 
It wants to follow the sun. It wants to wake up when the sun is up and it wants to start winding down when the sun goes down. So our modern day makes it so that we can utilize light and have a life after dark, right? We don't just have to go to sleep, but that comes with consequences. That blue light into your eyeballs is sending signals to your brain to keep you awake. So that is then causing a cortisol spike in the evening when cortisol is supposed to be at its lowest it ends up creeping up over time because you're basically telling your body stay awake stay awake stay awake stay awake with the exposure of that light scrolling your phone like i said watching tv it's not that i'm opposed to all of these things there's just things that you can do to mitigate that so that you're not causing your body to perceive that as again stress stress is emotional physical any trauma you've been through, you could be driving on the street and be triggered by something that you didn't even realize was a trigger. So anything can be perceived as stress. And that is a huge life-saving advantage that we have as human beings. The problem is we just become inundated and then it contributes to weight loss. And I'm going to be honest, when you're in this cycle, your body does not have the energy to allocate to resting, to digesting, to detoxing, to lose weight because it's busy using that energy that you are giving it to manage stress. So good. So good. So what would you say, or what would you suggest to bring all of that back into balance? So people can start evening out, bring down that cortisol, and then obviously reap the benefit. So I'm a big fan of lifestyle before supplements or medication, but I'll be fully transparent. There have been times in my life where I have had to rely on medications. I've had to rely more on supplements. We don't all generally have the luxury of just like changing our whole lifestyle structure just to manage our stress, right? So we can acknowledge that we have things going on in our life are stressful. And then we can also acknowledge the fact that maybe we don't have the resources at this time to fully manage all of it. But there are things that we can do in the meantime to mitigate that stress response and try to, I might not be able to change where I work or (laughs) my kids schedule in the morning or, you know, whatever, but I can do X, Y, and Z. So one of the things that is huge is because cortisol operates on a circadian rhythm, that means exposing your eyes to natural sunlight as often as possible and as early as possible. So the minute you wake up, instead of looking at your phone, instead of looking at your computer, inundating your body with that artificial light, just head straight outside, get some sunlight. It doesn't matter if the sun isn't perfectly in the spot, you know, that you need it to be that full spectrum UV light is so beneficial to your body to say like, Hey, I'm awake. I'm looking at the light. I'm ready to start my day. Instead of sending you pull up your phone. And the first thing you do is you look at maybe Instagram and it's everyone telling you, what you should be doing, what you shouldn't be doing, what's going on in the world. what And it's like the first thing you see, like the first minute you woke up, instead of sending your body that stress signal in the morning, send your body the signal that it's safe. Step outside, step away from the phone, step away from everything. Even five to 10 minutes of unfiltered, unencumbered light, full spectrum light in the morning. Doesn't matter if it's the city, the country, if it's cloudy, whatever. You're sending your body a safety signal. You're saying, I'm awake. I'm ready to start my day. Here I am. And then that helps regulate your stress response throughout the day. Not only that, people who get regular sunlight 
report better ability to manage their weight over time, better sleep, that getting that light in your eyes in the morning, there's a whole, again, (laughs) hormonal cascade that goes on in your body. But what it does is it starts producing melatonin for nighttime. So your body is in the process of getting you ready to sleep in the morning. (laughs) So the minute you wake up, your body's like, how do we get ready to sleep tonight? Because your body needs that rest. And when you're spiking your cortisol in the evening, your body doesn't get that rest. And that's where I see those like 2 and 3 a.m. wake ups, difficulty falling asleep at night, difficulty staying asleep, maybe wake up like 3 or 4 a.m. and go, I'm not ready to start my day. So I'm going to try to go back to sleep. You go back to sleep, you wake up at 8 and you just feel like totally exhausted. All of that is just a response to this disjointed hormonal cascade. So getting morning sunlight is so incredibly important for this that it's one of the first things that I always recommend to my clients is your butt should be outside first thing in the morning before looking at anything else. Do not do anything else until you do that. It's often one of the simplest things that people can do. And it seems like, okay, that's so simple. Like, why would you say that? And it's because it works. Walking. Walking is hugely beneficial, not just for the exercise components, but what it does for your weight management, what it does for your heart and your blood pressure, what it does for your mental health and clarity, what it does for your gut health, especially post meals. A short walk post meals not only helps you manage your stress, it also helps manage your blood sugar. And so instead of experiencing those big blood sugar spikes after a meal, instead of oh, I ate my dinner, I'm going to go sit down on the couch and do nothing. You can go out for a 10 to 15 minute walk around your neighborhood, especially as a family. Now you have more bonding time. You're managing your blood sugar. You're getting a little bit of activity. And that moderate exercise is not going to, it's not going to cause this massive stress response in your body. Regular exercise is incredibly beneficial to managing your cortisol. What we don't want to see is that like trend of the 90s and the early 2000s where you wake up, slam your pre-workout and go, you know, do cardio on the treadmill for two hours under what artificial lights in the gym, sending your body these non-safety signals. We don't want to see that. That's obviously going to cause complete wreckage of your hormones if you're doing it all the time. Hit all the time is not great, especially for women who are really burnt out, experiencing any sort of hormone imbalances, thyroid issues, adrenal issues, but regular exercise, weightlifting three to four times a week, moderate, you know, 30 to 40 minutes. Once you can tolerate more, adding in some conditioning days, making sure you're hitting a step goal every day, regardless of what that step goal is, keeping your body moving, but doing it without overexerting yourself all the time. What ends up happening in the wellness space is a lot of people, it's either balls to the wall or it's nothing. Well, if you go to nothing, you're going to gain weight. Like if you were exercising before and now you're not like, don't expect to not gain weight because your body is not moving anymore. You're not exerting it anymore. There may be a time where you need rest and more restorative movement like yoga or Pilates or just more walking. And you know, you may need to back off of some like higher intensity workouts. But for the most part, just the simple fact of gaining muscle, especially for women is so beneficial to improve insulin resistance, improve blood sugar balance, improve stress response, bone health for women, bone density, hormone health, you know, um, menstrual cycle health, all of that is so beneficial. So don't be afraid to pick up weights, do it in a way that is manageable for you and makes sense for your lifestyle and doesn't over exert you doesn't completely wreck you for the day. (laughs) 
can you touch on that really quick? And, and I, I'm going to speak from past experience because I used to be that girl who literally would do like 20 aerobic classes a week. Not even kidding. Now I taught them. So it was a little different. Um, but that is also when I saw a lot of like my adrenal health and stuff go in the shitter <laughs> for lack of a better term. I used to own a group fitness gym and thought all the time where people, mainly women would, I mean, do, I'm not kidding, like three and four high intensity classes every single day mm-hmm. and get stuck and they'd get stalled and then they'd get frustrated and be like, oh my gosh, well, I think I just need to do more. So can right. you really touch on that, on why more like the hit training, things like that is not always better. Sure. So you're basically becoming like you're addicted to that. And I'm going to, I'm not using addicted like flippantly. I'm using it for real because a lot of women do fall into the cycle where they become addicted to that cortisol surge. They get addicted to the stress. It's why we slam caffeine all day. It's why, you know, and then you end up relying on it, but those hit workouts are sending signals to your body. Okay. I'm, I'm amping up. I'm amping up. I'm amping up. What ends up happening is that over time, with the blood sugar issues, with the insulin resistance issues, with poor sleep, all of this, your metabolism actually starts to go the other way. So you're doing all these things to try to speed up your metabolism because maybe your goal is weight loss. Your metabolism is actually going to (laughs) go, sorry, (laughs) I need a minute. And it's going to start slowing down. So your thyroid is like your metabolic hub, right? Your thyroid is like the one controlling the show. When your thyroid is under stress like that, your metabolism is going to start slowing down. So your metabolism is going to slow down. It's the same thing that happens with extremely restrictive eating. You're not giving your body the nutrients that it needs to even do like the daily tasks. So what ends up happening is that total daily and energy expenditure goes down your resting metabolic rate goes down because it needs to meet that new need of what you're giving your body so basically when you're severely restricting when you're over exercising you're telling your body i don't need as much energy as you were giving me before your metabolism starts to slow down to meet that because your metabolism is dying for balance it doesn't want to be constantly overexerting itself so your body goes hold on i need a minute starts to slow down when your metabolism slows down everything slows down your digestion slows down you end up with individuals having issues with acid reflux their body's not producing as much digestive enzyme as it used to which means it's not breaking down your food as well as it used to which means you're not getting essential minerals and nutrients from your food like you used to and we end up on this hamster wheel of i'm not digesting well my digestion has slowed down. I even see this is where like IBS, chronic constipation, diarrhea, all that starts coming into play because your body literally doesn't know anymore to do, you know, what to do with the nutrients that you're giving it because you've been underfeeding it or overexerting it for so long that your metabolism's like, I'm tapping out. Like I can't do this anymore. And cortisol, that chronic cortisol in your bloodstream, cortisol will hijack your female hormones. So for women, this becomes especially daunting when you're trying to conceive, when you're trying to recover menstrual health, 
you're coming off birth control, anything like that. Now, cortisol is hijacking all those precursors to estrogen and progesterone that you need for a normal, healthy cycle. Especially then, too, when your digestion slows down, that means your liver is not handling your hormones as well as it could be. Your digestive tract is not handling your hormones as well as it could be. A lot of women end up extremely estrogen dominant in this stage. And a lot of women, I meet them at my hormones are wrecked, my menstrual cycles all over the place. I'm tired all the time. I'm all this stuff. And we have to go, okay, but that's not the root cause. That's not what's happening. What's happening is five steps before it. That's what led you here. And it's that chronic stress, that chronic need for that adrenaline hit or that cortisol hit. It's the not sleeping. It's the not eating enough. It's the not exercising in the right way. You didn't see your thyroid start to tank. You didn't see your metabolism start to tank. You didn't see your gut health start to go bad. You just thought like, oh, it's just a phase or, oh, it's just something that's happening. You know, other people have gut health issues all the time. And this is the cascade that happened for me. I went from exercising all the time. I played tennis. I played collegiate level tennis for a long time. And then I ended up going to nursing school and my whole life became nursing school. And I put on a ton of weight at one time. My thyroid took a huge nosedive. My digestion went down the drain. I didn't know all of this was going on until my digestion was not going well. And then my hormones started to really tank. My cycles were not normal. My periods were extremely painful. And I was like, what the heck is going on? So I didn't perceive a problem till I was here, but the issue was here. And this happens to a lot of women in their early 20s, women trying to lose weight, women who are trying to conceive, they start to notice all these hormone issues, but nobody pointed out to them, you know, years prior, all the things that were leading up to that. And so, you know, obviously I'm meeting women where they're at. So like, these are their core issues. But when we can come back to what are the fundamentals that your body needs? You're, you're like a plant, right? You need sun, you need water, you need nutrients. And sometimes we just have to get back to that fundamental basics of, you know, what do you just need for like a healthy life? And then that comes with its own issues too, because women will come from like extremely low carb or extremely restrictive dieting and then go, oh, she's giving me the green line to eat and then go, you know, double their calories. Even I've seen or double their carbohydrates or even triple their carbohydrates and then start putting on weight and go, why am I, why am I getting weight? You said I needed this. And it's like, well, you did, but you didn't need to do it like that. Like, <laughs> you know, there's a way to start incorporating them. Probably seen this a lot too. I hear this literally all the time. If I had a dollar for every time I heard something along the lines of, well, I turned 40 and my metabolism stopped working. And it's like, no, 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 honey. It's not that you just magically turn 40 and your metabolism metabolism goes, oh, okay, she's 40 now. I'm going to stop working. It's like you were saying what you did all of those years prior. That led you to this. It's just uh, age is easy to blame, right? So- I have a client that I'm allowed to talk about because she gives me permission and it's my mom. And so that's why I'm allowed to talk about it. And she, when I started doing all of this like integrative health, my mom was really struggling with unwanted weight gain. She was not sleeping. She, you know, we went from like perimenopause then into menopause, which ends up being a time in women's life where they're finally like, something's wrong. Like, is it supposed to be this bad? I don't want to go on bioidenticals, but I don't know what else to do. My doctor's telling me that's the route. I don't know how to fix what's going on inside of me. And that might be the first time a woman's ever even paid attention to her hormones is when they start going haywire in that time, not knowing that, 
a lot of other things may have been going on that led them to this like rough patch, right? And my mom, we did, you know, when I first started out, we did cortisol testing on her and she was just completely bottomed out, which made sense. Just, you know, history of trauma, divorce, you know, moving, job stress, all this stuff, right? So we think about those things and you're like, okay, obviously she was stressed for a long time. But how many people are going through all of those same things and they don't see themselves as like, oh, I'm stressed or I've had stress or, you know, they just see it as like a normal part of their life. Well, my mom was the same way. She She's like, this is just the progression of my life, like whatever. And she was working out more and more. It was like first thing in the morning, then again after work and hardly eating and then And then what happens? Then you end up binging because your body's like, give me food, not sleeping, waking up constantly at night. And then that started to result for her, unfortunately, as well as like reduced immunity. So she started getting sick, a lot of chronic infections because all that stress obviously is eventually going to depress your immune system. So she and, you know, her thyroid started going out of whack and she ended up she's like, I just, I don't know what to do. And finally, I literally had to sit her down and I was like, stop exercising the way that you are. You are doing too much. Your body does not know what to do anymore. I was like, commit to one month of just walking. Just give me one month. And if everything is still haywire after that month, then fire me and move on to someone else. And that's it. And she was like, okay, fine. And it took everything in her to just walk. And I mean, she was still walking like four five, six miles a day. Like she was not giving up, but she was only walking. We implemented a couple other changes that were really specific for her situation. And after that month, her body was finally able to release some weight, some inflammation. Her face started thinning out a little bit. She just didn't feel as like puffy and all this stuff because she was telling her body like, you're safe, relax, you're okay. Like, (laughs) you know, and it's sending those safety signals instead of that constant exercise, that constant go, 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 go. When you're stressed, your body does not know the difference between I'm being chased by an actual like freaking tiger right now and I have to stay alive versus, oh, I, I got a bad email at work. Like your body does not know the difference. The cascade is the same. The hormonal cascade is exactly the same. So if you think about it like that, that you're just living your day like something's chasing you, trying to kill you all day long, like of course you're going to have health problems. Of course, eventually your body is going to need some support. After that month of working with my mom, getting her on some targeted supplementation, making some tweaks to her exercise routine that did not include waking up at the butt crack of dawn to be in a spin class, (laughs) like she was able to detox a lot. She ended up losing, I think like 14 or 15 pounds. And because of that, she gained so much more mental clarity. She ended up having her breast implants removed, which is something she would have never considered prior to that. And it's something that her implant procedure was something that was a major precursor to her thyroid just going wacko. And I just remember her finally coming to me and being like, I think I need a research getting my breast implants removed. And I was like, what? (laughs) And she was like, yeah. And it's just like her brain just opened up and she had so much less fog and was just able to see like, okay, these are the next necessary steps that I need to start taking. And instead of having that like calamity in her brain, she had clarity and was able to go, okay, I know what needs to happen next. She ended up, she felt comfortable enough after working with me long enough to go into her um, surgery, you know, much healthier than she was prior and tolerating her recovery very well. And then now because of that, her body has been able to shed even more weight. I think she's 
one of the lowest weights that she's been in adulthood, but she is so healthy. She's working out with a personal trainer multiple times a week. She's able to, she made some, because then again, more clarity. She was able to make some really necessary changes in her work life that have allowed her to not only make more money, but stress less. So like all of these things over the course, I mean, I'll be honest, over the course of a couple of years, but you don't undo years and years and years of stress in five minutes. Like it's going to take some time. And for her, that big hurdle was the stop overworking yourself stop throwing yourself into this state of chronic stress the minute you wake up every single morning and give your body the rest that it is so clearly telling you that it needs and I don't want people to mishear me when I say that because what I don't mean is stop moving altogether your body needs to stay in motion what I mean is stop killing yourself for results that aren't coming give your body the space that it needs give it the support that it needs give it the circumstances that it needs and the energy in the form of nutrition that it needs to make those changes because it's just not your body can't survive on air and you can't just kill it in the gym all the time and expect to maintain results in a sustainable way without just throwing yourself into complete hormone disarray and for women it's even more critical because your body does not operate on like a 24-hour cycle like a man's with testosterone your body operates on a 28-day cycle right so different times of your cycle are going to feel different And it's going to yield different results in the gym. It's going to yield different results in the kitchen. There's so much of that. But at the core of it is that stress, is that stop being addicted to that stress. Stop allowing it to dictate your decisions and your lifestyle and create habits like morning sun, like blocking out that artificial light at night, like choosing to go to bed at a more reasonable hour, programming in some time for yourself that makes sense. Sometimes... All I get is 10 minutes, right? Like my kids are asleep. I know bedtime's 10 p.m. It's 9.45 and I need to shower and I need, and I will stand at my counter and do my full skincare routine. And it just like relaxes me so much right before I go to bed. And then I lay down and I go to sleep. Utilizing tools like blue light blocking glasses, red light therapy, you know, alternating hot and cold. For some people, they can't tolerate that cold. Don't force it. Don't say, well, my favorite influencer online does cold plunges all the time. And she said it was so good for her health. Okay, but it might not be good for your health right now. It might be better later. But if your body's already in fight or flight, don't throw it like further into fight or flight. Using a sauna using like adaptogens like adaptogenic mushrooms can be extremely helpful adaptogenic herbs cbd especially if you're not going to utilize thc cbd can be hugely beneficial for your nervous system health obviously therapy if finances aren't in the way utilizing talk therapy or utilizing other forms of therapy sometimes we don't even know the stressors in our life that are stressing us out because we're just so inundated all the time and we need that outside source to tell us like hey okay this is what's going on this is how you need to manage that time and community we've never been more connected yet less connected like I can hop on Instagram and be connected to thousands of people, but I'm not connected emotionally to any of them, you know? So time in community, time in intentional fellowship with other people, whether that be at church or work or your friends or your spouse or you're, you know, doing something with your kids, you know, and putting your phone down. Sex, you know, if you're in a partnership that allows, you know, for regular <laughs> sexual encounters, enjoy those sexual encounters, even even solo Orgasm releases oxytocin. Oxytocin is a direct competitor with cortisol. 
you can get that oxytocin up, your cortisol is naturally going to drop. Prayer, meditation, listening to really good music. I put a reel up the other day about how sometimes I just need like a throwback to get me through, right? Because it just brings you back to that like familiarity and, and something that just brings you joy, something that brings you happiness. These little hits of oxytocin and serotonin and dopamine throughout the day can help support that stress response naturally to help get you back to that state of balance so that you're not constantly relying on stress to get you through the day. Yeah. Mm. So good. So good. And I think too, that this is something that is seriously overlooked, especially for women who feel like they are doing all the things like I'm, you know, I'm doing, I'm eating right. I'm working out all the time. I'm, you know, and they look at things like cortisol and how it's actually. Right. right. And if your stress, if your body is stressed, your body is not going to feel safe enough to release that weight. It's not going to feel safe enough to release that fat. And if you think about it evolutionarily or biologically, why would your body rid itself of energy stores, AKA fat, if it believes that it's in danger, it's not going to. And that, that is the core of it. Your body's not going to go, I feel safe enough to release all this fat when you might need that fat, that energy, that hack, you know, that's going to provide your body with sustained energy. Cause that's what fat is. It's just extra energy on your body that you didn't expend. If you're in a chronic stress, your body's not going to get rid of that fat because it's going to say, no, I need this for the next stressor. Like I need this. I need this to support myself. Your body needs to feel safe enough to get rid of that fat. And we create safety by creating rhythms in our day that support a healthy stress response. I love that. Really quick, before we wrap this up, Sarah, are there any specific supplements that you recommend? And if not, that's okay too. Other than just like the things that we talked about that they can change like within their daily life. So just in general, I find a lot of women are missing like really critical minerals or like electrolytes. So like your main four electrolytes are calcium, magnesium, sodium, and potassium. So most women are not hitting their daily potassium. Even just the recommended dietary allowance of potassium is so high. Most women are not hitting that, especially if they're in a calorie deficit. But we're talking about like 4,000 milligrams or more of potassium every single day. And potassium is incredibly helpful for muscle function, muscle contraction, So when we're talking about it, especially in terms of exercise, your body needs potassium, your body needs magnesium, your body needs sodium. Sodium and magnesium are the first things to go when you're starting to sweat and your body needs calcium. Now, most of the time we're getting plenty of calcium from our food, but calcium can actually be rerouted improperly when you're under extreme stress. So instead of going to your bones and your teeth, it ends up in your tissues where it doesn't belong. And so you could go, I'm getting tons of calcium. How come, you know, I have, you know, all these issues with my bones or my joints or whatever. And it's because that calcium is doing something else in your body to mitigate that stress response versus actually going where it needs to go, which is like a whole other thing. But replenishing with electrolytes is so beneficial for women. So electrolyte powders, try to avoid anything with like artificial sweeteners or whatever. But if you're just in need of like an electrolyte powder, those are incredibly beneficial for women, especially post-workout. And just throughout the day, you wake up dehydrated. You didn't drink anything overnight, right? And tons of women end up like, I got to drink my gallon of water. Water's not 
doing anything in your body unless it's got minerals in it because your body is using those minerals from that water. Sodium and potassium control your fluid regulation in your body, control your fluid balance, control how things move into and out of your cells even. So we have to have enough of those main electrolytes in our diet. And anyone can, you know, look up RDAs for those. The RDA for magnesium is fairly low. And I would argue that a lot of people benefit from magnesium supplementation. The problem is that magnesium is so varied and there's so many types and some are more absorbable, some aren't. And that's a whole episode on its own. But if anyone follows me on Instagram at Sustainable Health with Sarah, I have a whole magnesium highlight that breaks down exactly all the types that I recommend, what the types do, which ones are more absorbable than others, how to onboard magnesium well so that you can actually utilize it well. Um, and generally what I recommend for my clients for onboarding magnesium supplementation. So all of that is there. I spent tons of time doing a lot of research. There's also a great book called The Magnesium Miracle by Dr. Carolyn Dean that is awesome related to magnesium and just gen the overall like general public's need for magnesium. Magnesium is also incredible for nervous system support and um, can actually really help with sleep as well. So all around, most of us aren't getting enough and could benefit, but just jumping right into supplementation isn't always the best way to do it. So there's some things to troubleshoot there. After that, honestly, I'm just such a huge proponent of like a nutrient dense diet. So instead of relying tons on shakes and bars, although they're incredibly beneficial, especially if you're looking at macros, if you find yourself always relying on those just to get in your macros, then we have a problem, right? We're not getting essential nutrients. Your body wants fruits. It wants vegetables. It wants it in that whole food form because that's what your body knows what to do with it, right? And when we start onboarding supplements, your body has to go through processes to break down and integrate those supplements. When you give your body food, it knows what to do with food because that's the nutrition that it's supposed to have. And so, you know, utilizing high quality protein sources, utilizing collagen powders, clean protein powders, getting lots of fruits and veggies, that's the best way to really nourish your body, getting enough electrolytes in your drinks. Supplementation really should just be like way down the road until those foundations are super solid. And I don't want anyone to mishear me. Like, I don't mean, you know, don't grab a protein bar when you're like desperate and hungry. Definitely do that if you need it. But that shouldn't be the bulk of what you're eating. You know, we should be really trying to prioritize if you're privileged enough to live somewhere where you can access whole nutritious foods. And that is what you should be, you know, eating. Yeah. Love, love, love. Ah, you, you brought it home, girl. <laughs> I think a lot of women think it as like, yeah, okay, so that's me. But really, I know you mentioned it a few minutes ago, but where can people find you and connect with you? Instagram is like where I am the absolute most. So my handle is at sustainable health with Sarah on Instagram. I talk a lot about hormone health there. I talk a lot about mineral health. I've opened up a lot about my own weight loss journey there after starting to work with you and your team. And that's been resonating really well with people. I'm actually going to take my whole following on a journey here shortly of testing my own hormones at home and what I'm going to do to kind of continue to support my own weight loss journey while also honoring, you know, my unique hormone balance. I have an email list there as well. So if you hop on my Instagram, you can go to my links. I have links to all my favorite stuff, but I also have a link to my email list where I go way more in depth with my email followers than I do on Instagram. You get a freebie when you sign up on my email list. 
first to know about sales, when I have openings to work one-to-one, et cetera, all of that happens on my email list. So you head to my Instagram, hop on my email list, and then you can just kind of start perusing around from there. I do question boxes pretty often, at least once a week, where I get to kind of answer in like a non-specific, non-medical advice way and help women kind of troubleshoot some things that they're going through. And yeah, I like being there. I like that space. I like the community that I've built there. So it's been, it's been fun. <laughs> love, love. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Sarah. Make sure to, to hit her up on social. I love following you and <laughs> you too. All right. 